are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday, final show of the week. Day after the Pelicans lose to the Orlando Magic in overtime, 115-110. No Brandon Ingram, no Zion Williamson, no Lonzo Ball. Is this an encouraging loss? Is it a bad loss? Is it actually both? I think it's kind of both. I think there's two ways you can look at this, and I'm going to lay them both out for you in today's show. Then we'll preview the weekend, the game against the Hawks tonight. And then also on Sunday against the Houston Rockets. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's edition of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So there's two ways to look at this game. There's a there's a good way and there's a bad way. And it's kind of funny because Stan Van Gundy certainly took the bad way after the game. And we'll do that in the next thing. But the good way is, you know, without Zion Williamson, without Brandon Ingram, without Lonzo Ball, this team, even though it's against a bit of a depleted Orlando Magic team, an Orlando Magic team that since they traded everyone good on their team away, is now two and one filled with guys that are fighting for jobs. This is a game the Pelicans couldn't take for granted because these guys are going to go out and fight because they want to either be in the NBA next year or in a starting role on this team this year and next year. Those guys are very, very motivated right now, and you don't want to go up against a team like that where you're not nearly trying as hard. So the Pelicans, you know, went out and made the best of being down their their three best players, two out of their, you know, five best players, two out of their four best players, depending on where you kind of factor in Lonzo Ball. And they, you know, Kept it close. You know, we're winning for a little bit. Sent it to overtime. Look good there until the very end. This was decided because Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who had gone off, right? He played 38 and a half minutes in this one. He was 13 of 24, 4 of 7 from deep. Finished with 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 31 points on the night. He carried this team. When they needed a bucket, he was the guy that got him a bucket. And over this stretch where he's been starting for Lonzo Ball for 5 or 6 games now, he's been really, really good. A guy that you could put in the starting lineup who's more of a two-guard than a one, doesn't really run the offense a ton, but he looks like an NBA guy and a guy who could be a borderline starter for you. And he was doing everything he could to keep New Orleans in this game. You had Kyra Lewis Jr. coming off the bench who was running the offense, did look like a lead guard and proved he's one of the fastest guys in the league. He only had nine points on the night, but four assists, five rebounds and did a lot of really good things that you wanted to see. Jackson Hayes in limited minutes, 10 points off the bench. Josh Hart in the starting lineup, 14 points, 17 rebounds and five assists for him. Just his junkyard dog style. And you even got contributions, which I never thought I'd really be saying, from James Johnson and Wessa Wundu. James Johnson, 17 points and some needed toughness on this team. He was also 3 of 5 from deep. He did that in almost 30 minutes of action. A Wundu put up 7 points and had some nice individual plays here, proving... 
and even kind of proving me wrong to a degree, right? Because I said yesterday that was it really worth the PR shot for two guys that weren't going to contribute? Well, you know what? On a night when you didn't have Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Lonzo Ball, those guys contributed and were a big part of why this game was in overtime and why the Pelicans had a chance to win. So you know what? David Griffin on that part, absolutely wrong on my end, and they contributed. Plus, you also got a pick, even if that pick's not going to be any good in there. You need guys like this that are able or at least capable of stepping up, particularly James Johnson, who you know wasn't on this team a week ago and is now in the starting lineup. It was a good performance from those guys. And it shows that a lot of these guys are rotation pieces or guys who can get minutes in the NBA or at least on this Pelicans team. And you need guys like that, particularly because the schedule does ease up a little bit this month. Not a ton. Wasn't this eight game stretch that the Pelicans had been on, but it does ease up some. You have winnable games on here and those guys are going to be able to contribute and getting them some experience right now and getting them to step up in a game like this. Nikhil having a big game where he's got to kind of put the team on his back on his shoulders. Having Kyra play meaningful minutes. That's what we talk about, right? That's the important thing. He got them in this game. All of that's really good. And that's how you get ready to close out the season. It, it's uh, really good for like a team like the Brooklyn Nets who have had their three star players in and out of the lineup. And when they're not all in there or even, you know, or one of them's playing or something, you have other guys who are getting experience and knowing how to step up and being ready for when they're called on in the playoffs. Cause at some point those guys will be new Orleans is doing that just to a less high stakes degree, I think. And when you watch this game, yes, it's annoying. They lost. It's disappointing that Nikhil Alexander-Walker missed the free throw, which would have tied the game. It's really disappointing that he blew that layup and missed that layup that would have brought the Pelicans within one when they were going for a quick two instead of a three, and then it forced a bad shot from Kyra Lewis Jr. It wasn't a a dumb shot, but it wasn't a good shot, and he was probably just not prepared for that moment. But we've talked about it, right? Like, it's a young team. They don't know how to close. It goes back to that Portland game where Damian Lillard said, I've been here a bunch in my career. I've been prepared for these moments. I practice to be ready for these moments. I'm going to be ready for them. I'm going to convert those moments. Pelicans haven't had a lot of that practice, particularly like this is Nikhil Alexander-Walker's like first time trying to be the man in a clutch situation, probably in the NBA. He failed. As long as he learns from it, you know, you process it, you you get better from it, and you're ready the next time, or, you know, maybe it takes him a couple more times. He's a second-year guy, right? That's when... This all pays off and it's all okay. So you can look at this and be like, you know what? At least he made mistakes. He can hopefully learn from it. And if you like this sort of thing, he was out there shooting free throws after the game. I don't know if it's actually the best thing or if it's just somewhat performative and maybe it is, but either way, he's doing it. He's trying to improve and get better and he's using it as motivation. The loss sucks, but I love that, right? You love that these guys are almost haunted by these mistakes to some degree and they never want to let it happen again and they never want to let the team down again. And this matters to him. If he just walked off the court or whatever, no big deal. You'd hate that. But clearly that's not the case. This does matter to him a lot. And he's out there trying to get better. When you look at it like that, like it's a learning experience, not a mistake, right? Or it becomes a learning experience, even if it is also a mistake. And it's only really bad if you don't learn anything from it. I don't really know what it is. I don't speak that coach speak. But there's some degree of that here. And so from all of that, it was awesome. Nikhil looks like a rotation guy. He looks like he can start for you. Be like your fourth or fifth starter, but he can start for you. Kyra looks like the future for this team too, right? All of that is a really, really good thing. And it looks like you came out really well in that trade and you're very vindicated in this game from the stuff that JJ Reddick said. 
All of that's great for New Orleans, even if they lose. But there is also a flip side to this. And Stan Van Gundy kind of talked about it and was heated after the game. Let's get into that coming up here in the next part of today's show. Before we get to that, though, have you guys heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's really just amazing. Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with Sport Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game compared to the projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the value goes. Two, Good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio rise in value. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new way of sports trading this is truly the evolution of fantasy sports you will be amazed don't sit on the sidelines any longer get in on the game at sporttrade.com today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and always reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market's going to bear out kind of like airlines do rockauto.com is just for everyone and doesn't require a membership or an account login they have everything from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet if you need to refresh your ride whether it's your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and just easy to navigate it's it's just that simple and i use this all the time quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer because best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of your local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we just looked at the Pelicans 115-110 loss in overtime to the Orlando Magic, kind of from the glass half full perspective. And Nikhil, by the way, just spoke to the media, had an interesting quote after that saying, I never want to leave the gym on a bad note. I want to see the ball go in. Said he doesn't want to leave the leave on a missed free throw or layup. And he wanted to go out there and shoot. And that's probably why he's trying to get better. He said it. Next time, I'll be better. I... I love that kind of attitude from him. Even if like, of course, that's what you're supposed to say. At least he's kind of doing it right. Like that's, that's important that he's at least not just skipping all of that part. So I'm happy to see that from him, but there is a way to look at this from a, you know, glass half empty perspective. And it's not necessarily wrong because this team at times in this game, like really gave it away. And it's just a disappointing loss because of that. We, we can look to the future all we want. We can look to years in the future and Kyra's starting, Nikhil's a solid player, Zion, Zion, B.I.'s maybe gotten better on defense, most likely not. All of that, right? But today's actually still a thing. This game is actually still a thing and we can't just hand wave it away to only talk and look towards the future. Today matters too. Wins today and in this season matter and doing things right this season matters and the Pelicans 
did not do that in this game. They had on the night 23 turnovers. That's a terrible number. It led to 36 points off turnovers for the Orlando Magic. That's where this game was lost. Not with Nikhil's missed layup or the missed free throw. It was the turnovers. They had 13 in the first half of this one. They'd been averaging 15 in the month of March. You, you added 11 on top of that. That's a terrible number against the Orlando Magic team that was dead last in scoring this year. And you let him get to 115 points. That's not even close to their average. That's what New Orleans is supposed to average. And you did it with just sloppy play. There were times when they were just playing the drive and kick game. Someone would get the ball, drive to the rim, and just pointlessly kick it out like no one was playing any with any purpose. And they didn't look, this is where they don't look like a team, right? Like people weren't ready for kickouts. No one was in the spot where the kickouts should be. You saw Kyra Lewis Jr. just toss the ball to no one, expecting someone to be there, but, but no one moved to the spot. At this point in the season, you got to be better than that. It's, it's really that simple. Like th- this isn't, well, they're young. They can figure it out. It, it, you've had a whole year. You know, you've played a bunch of games this year. You've had practices, even if they're limited. You've gotten reps with your teammates. And that's not that hard to try and get right. Someone go stand in the corner. No one was. That's really disappointing. That's incredibly disappointing when, when you think about it. You know, for all the good he did, and he did a lot. Like, I'm not trying to cramp on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. and He's the only reason, really, or the main reason why the Pelicans were even close to being in this one. He had five turnovers. Eric Bledsoe, who we, we don't need to talk about a ton, but hit a hit a couple of big shots down the stretch, by the way. Four turnovers. Josh Hart went one with four of eleven from the field. Still finished with 14 points because he was five of six of the line and the 17 rebounds are good. Five assists great too. Five turnovers from him, four fouls. A lot of these things aren't aren't great. There was not one player on this Pelicans team that didn't have a turnover. That type of stuff, when Stan Van Gundy said after the game, he's like, you know, we had 23 turnovers, 25 as a team. When you look at it, this game shouldn't have been close. It shouldn't have gone to overtime because of that, because they lost the turnover battle so badly. And at this point in the year, you do need to be better than that. You know, if you want to get into the playoffs and win, and all of these guys do, and you have a chance to, it's really close for that, you know, eighth, ninth, and tenth spot, really. Even for the seventh spot, it's not like you're horrifically out of that. You're four games back of that. It's a lot to make up with a few games to go, but, but you're still kind of in contention and you're in the mix for everything. You're only two games out in the loss column of the tenth spot. That's doable. You, you, you can't make some of the turnovers you had. You can't just stand there kind of beating the air out of the ball, dribbling the air out of the ball like we saw at times. That's really bad at this point in the season. You've played enough games that you, you, you should be able to do better than this. They played 47 games this year. You guys should know how to work a little bit more as a team. And again, there's excuses that you can build in. You can also look towards the future if you want, but today does matter too. And from that... I understand why Stan Van Gundy's pretty furious about this. This was a winnable game. Like, this was a game you had. We shouldn't be looking at a game with Zion, without Zion, without B.I., without Lonzo Ball, three of them out, and be like, man, the Pelicans blew it. It should just be like a loss, right? Like, this should have been a scheduled loss. But because they played well enough to kind of get in there and they did it to themselves, it, it's a disappointing loss. And that's why this one's kind of got two ways to look at it. Are you glass half full? Are you glass half empty? Or does the truth as always kind of lie somewhere in the middle? You know, it's it's disappointing. And this season does matter too. You know, maybe this isn't where they build the championship team 
or but figure out some of the pieces. But fans want to see wins. You, dear listener, probably kind of upset. You should be. You pay money. You you invest emotionally in this team, right? Which is maybe more important than the money stuff. And for them to just go out and blow it in the way that they did should should upset you, I think, to a degree. And so you look at it like that, and it's like, man, this this game, right? This team. And that's where it becomes really disappointing for everything. So there's two ways to look at this one. And the Pelicans don't really have a ton of time to figure it out because, oh yeah, they play tonight. So let's preview that game and the game against the Houston Rockets on Sunday coming up here in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. So before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the delicious, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, amazing tasting protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. We're in the finals, the final two bars. It is coconut brownie chunk versus cookie dough chunk. I told you Coconut Brownie Chunk was going to get into this. It's the best tasting bar they have. It's what they should win. If you've ever tried Built Bars before and you want to try a different flavor, look for them to probably, especially if it wins, maybe sell more Coconut Brownie Chunk Bars. These things are that good. They are light. You're going to not even realize you're eating a protein bar. They're usually kind of dense, right? They got a lot packed in there, which is great. Except this one's, I don't know how they do it. It's basically like marshmallow fluff kind of. It tastes and feels like, more importantly, like a candy bar, and it's the best tasting flavor they've had, and I've tried basically all of them at this point. So Coconut Brownie Chunk definitely has my vote in this. And remember, if you want to buy your Built Bars, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won the Built Bar matchup finals. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive some free money a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. Again, Use promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus to get in on all of the action over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, it's time to start thinking about the NBA draft. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Atlanta Hawks. So like New Orleans last night, the Hawks went to overtime beating the San Antonio Spurs 134-129. They're a little bit banged up and injured too. So I think both teams kind of on the same kind of footing going into the second night of a back-to-back. We do not have updates on Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson or Lonzo Ball. I could not tell you if any of them are going to play or not. I wish I could. The Atlanta Hawks, as of late, basically since the All-Star game, have been better than not. They had a six-game winning streak. They're 7-4 and four since the break. And since they fired head coach Lloyd Pierce, they're un- under Nate McMillan. They are now 10-5 and five and look a little bit like a different team. But John Collins is going to be out for this one. DeAndre Hunter is likely going to be out, but he's listed as questionable for this one. And then there's no Cam Reddish. There is no Chris Dunn, meaning they're still a little bit 
banged up. But they're a very good offensive team, of course, led by Trey Young. And they're going to be able to score, which means New Orleans is going to need to keep up trying to score with this team. I don't know if a whole lot of defense is going to get played all around in this one. But if Trey Young is doing his Trey Young thing, it can be a little bit difficult. But they're going to be tired. Trey Young didn't play a ton in last night's game, 34 minutes, but Bogdanovich played 45 minutes. Clint Capella, who's kind of the the X factor for them in that win, 44 minutes. Tony Snell played 44 minutes. They had some guys who played heavy minutes in that one, whereas in New Orleans, if you get one of the injured guys back, maybe it's Zion, maybe it's B.I., I'm less expecting Lonzo Ball back. You're at least coming in a little bit rested, and I think that could help them to some degree. But the Atlanta Hawks, good offensive team, not so much defensively, but you've got to be sound on the boards because they go after those second chance points too. And in fact, they're the second best offensive rebounding team in, in the league. And they're also very good at getting to the free throw line. So we'll see if it ends up kind of coming down the stretch because I don't, I don't trust new Orleans in that spot. It also means they play a little bit slower, which kind of feeds into new Orleans hands to a certain degree, but they should be able to get second chance points in this one because the Atlanta Hawks really not the best rebounding team. They're very reliant on Trey Young, it's really that simple. 25 points per game, nine and a half assists. He's shooting 36% from deep on almost seven attempts per game. If you can give him some, some issues, it's going to look really good for New Orleans. If not, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Other than that, they play the Houston Rockets on Sunday. Houston is basically trying to tank. They've won two games since the All-Star break. That's it. Nothing good. They are just throwing people out there right now. No Victor Oladipo, no James Harden. They've got John Wall. Um, That's really it. I don't know. They should just beat this team. It's really that simple. They lost 20 straight games. If you lose to this team, even without some of those injured guys in Zion or BI, and hopefully they're maybe back by then, give them a little bit more rest. I don't know if we'll necessarily see them tonight, but maybe Sunday if you don't, uh, you, you should beat them. Like it's, it's really that simple. They can't really score. They struggle there. You should beat this team. If you don't, it's it's a missed opportunity. And this season still, as I said earlier, does matter. So I don't know. We'll see how both of these go. This team's really tough to try and figure out. And even some of us experts on it struggle with that. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap the weekend.